Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome to the Bucks Banter Podcast. We have a great show planned for you tonight in what is our 50th episode. Unfortunately, Bo and Scott will not be with us tonight, but don't worry, you're not going to have to listen to me ramble on and on all by my lonesome. I am very excited to introduce our guest for this evening. You will be too if you have any interest in the NFL draft, which I assume you do if you're listening to this podcast. Our guest tonight is Natalie Miller of the Draft Wire by way of USA Today. And uh, I've got to say, Natalie writes some of the most impressive detailed and thorough player evaluations and draft profiles on the internet. I believe she's coming dangerously close to 100 profiles already done over there. So we are so lucky to have her on the show tonight. And I expect to get some really great insight from her as it relates to this 2022 NFL draft class. And uh, before I pass the mic, I'm just going to say you can find Natalie on Twitter at Nat underscore NFL draft and all of her fantastic written work over at draftwire.usatoday.com. Now, although you cannot see her, I assure you she is here uh, having some webcam issues, so she's waiting on that, but that's okay. And I just want to say thank you for joining us on the Bucks Banner Podcast. Natalie, how are you doing this evening? Hey, glad to be here. I'm doing good and ready to talk about some football. Always down for that. Love it. Love it. So before we get going with uh, with this mock draft, I just uh, I, I want to say thank you to all of our loyal viewers and listeners and, and encourage anyone new to the show to please subscribe to the Bucks Banter YouTube channel. If you prefer the audio podcast version, you can find us on Spotify, Apple or whatever your preferred streaming service is. Also, make sure you check out Sports Illustrated's Tampa Bay Buccaneers website, BucksGameDay.com, where I've got Numerous articles coming out each week, and most of which will be focusing on the NFL draft over the next seven days or so, because we are getting dangerously close to my favorite time of the year, the NFL draft. And speaking of which, that's going to be the uh, the main topic of the evening. We we don't want to waste Natalie's time, so um, we're gonna we're gonna take advantage of having her here and her expertise. And what we are gonna do is we are going to have a we're going to do a round one mock draft. So all 32 picks in the first round, we're going to go back and forth. Um, and it is not predictive. We're not necessarily going to strap ourselves down to a, to that criteria where we're trying to predict who the teams are going to select. We're simply going to do what we would do. Or maybe we might feel like throwing a wrench into the other drafters plans. Who knows? We can justify our logic however we wish. So I am on the clock first as the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's been um, a lot of discussion lately, Natalie, about Trayvon Walker really entering that discussion, um, opposed to it being, you know, strictly Aiden Hutchison uh, for, I would say, the vast majority of the time, aside from when Evan Neal was in the conversation. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Aiden Hutchison because I like the high floor. I think I think he's he's nearing a guaranteed just super high floor. Like I think just based on the work ethic. I mean, I don't want to undersell his physical profile or athleticism either. I think that's kind of talked about with maybe not the the best facts to back it up. Like, I think he's he's more than enough athlete. Sure, his arms maybe are a little short, but he's a finisher. Production speaks for itself. I'm taking Aiden Hutchison for Trent Balky and the Jags. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, he's going to be a 10-sack-a-year kind of guy. He has an athletic profile that'll let him grow throughout the years. He's not limited in any way, so it makes sense for him to go number one. 
All righty. Natalie approves. So for number two in the Lions, I think I'm going to kind of piggyback off the pass rusher, and I'm going to go with Kayvon Thibodeau at number two. I like it. Can't hate that. I mean, you know, I think that's a player who's – I've talked about it before. Ultimately, it feels like slander, like people questioning his motor and um, – his desire. I mean, you throw on the tape. I don't think that's something you can really criticize. Um, no, it's it's not. It's not at all. It's I don't know where it comes from. And I hear people say it all the time. And I find myself going back and watching the tape on him. And I can't find it. I mean, there's times he sets the edge, but that's what he's supposed to do. You know, he's not supposed to dart at the quarterback every single play. Exactly. Well said. Like, you got to set the edge. It depends on what you're asked to do. And a lot of people might say that about Trayvon Walker also, you know, like why didn't he have more sacks while playing on that that loaded defense for the Georgia Bulldogs? A lot of time he was trying to set the edge also. Mm-hmm. So um, love it. Thibodeau, good pick. Texans at three. I'm going to go ahead and take big Icky Iquanu for the Texans. Uh, I know Laramie Tunsil is there, but I think the ceiling that Icky Iquanu presents, like he's just an absolute mauler in the run game. Um, and and he he has the highest ceiling of any of the tackles in the draft. I would say that's a pretty, I don't want to say consensus thought, but I I, I think that's pretty pretty much uh, the majority of opinions would agree with that. And I think he still has plenty of of potential to develop as a pass protector at the next level as well. And I think that ceiling is tantalizing. And I think for the Texans, they got so many holes to deal with. They got to keep Davis Mills upright. And I think you start in the trenches. And uh, that's what I'm going to do right there. Yeah, makes perfect sense. He can even slide in and play left guard if you want him to and wait until Tunsil leaves next year and rotate him back out to left tackle. He's my number one tackle, and he's an absolute monster on that line. He's my number one also. Uh, I've gone back and forth, to be honest, a little bit, but I think I've settled in on Icky at, at the top of my board also. That makes sense. Um, for number four in the Jets, uh, I think I'm just going to give them the top corner and my top player, uh, that's Ahmad Gardner. Love it. Absolutely love it. Can't go wrong with the sauce. Even put it in his name there. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, you could argue he's the best press man corner prospect since Jalen Ramsey. He's that kind of talent, that kind of length, incredible instincts, spotless record, like not just on the field in terms of not allowing a touchdown, but even off the field, right? Never any any issues with him. So I think I think he's going to he's going to fare very well at the NFL level. And I don't think that's any sort of secret. Yeah. He's super clean. And I think he's very physical and I think they miss that Darrell Rivas type of player. And I think that's pretty much what you're going to get with him for the next 10 years. For sure. So do the giants, do they, you know, do they continue to try to build the offensive line to continue to try to give Daniel Jones a chance to, to be what they thought he was when they drafted him? I'm not sure the new regime, um, is as confident, but for now, I, like, I don't think they're going to go and try and address the quarterback he, this year, um, at least via the draft. I'm going to go and go off the board a little bit, and I'm going to go and take Derek Stingley. Maybe a bit of a shocker. I think he, I think what he did at his pro day may have helped him more than any other player help themselves because he answered some questions about his health. And when you, when you look at the athleticism he has, especially coming off a of Liz Frank foot injury, I mean, you can't deny the tape from when he was healthy in 2019 as a f- true freshman, looking like the best cornerback prospect we've seen in a long, long time. His his natural instincts, his movement skills, uh, his ability to excel in his zone, 
a defensive zone scheme. He's just so good, but you're banking on him being healthy. But I just think he he could easily end up being the best player out of this entire draft. So I'm going to go with Stingley here. Feel free to rip me on it, Natalie, if you think it's a reach. No, I love it. And from people in the know that have told me, they say, don't be surprised if Stingley is a top five pick. I know the Texans have done work on him. The Jets have done work on him and the Giants have done work on him. And that would perfectly fill the spot that um, James Bradbury is going to leave. Awesome. So what are you going to do? Are you So you're a Panthers fan, am I right? I, I sure am. It's it's going to be an easy selection for me because ever since Jordan Gross has retired, there's been a massive hole on the left side of that line that we've been trying to fill ever since like Super Bowl 50. So go ahead and slide Evan Neville over there because he just makes perfect sense for that lap, or left tackle spot. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, and he kind of fell into your lap there too, right? Could have been the number one pick if, if we were going back a couple months. So um, totally cool with that. You know, I'm looking at some names here. Interested. Kyle Hamilton is appealing. I don't think they're going to go secondary with their, both their first two picks. They got some guys there already. But it, I think maybe Charles Cross. I mean, they. I've heard rumblings that the Giants are extremely high on Cross for one. But again, it's not necessarily predictive. But I think their philosophy, they need, like if they want to salvage anything out of Saquon Barkley with his his rookie deal coming to a close, and I already mentioned Daniel Jones, I think Charles Cross, to a lot of experts, Brandon Thorne, maybe the best guy in the media in terms of focusing and zeroing in on um, the offensive line. I know he loves Charles Cross. I know lots of people love Charles Cross. And I think with the top two guys already off the board, and I really think that tier one, I think he belongs in the conversation, Charles Cross, of tier one offensive tackles. So I think the Giants do a real solid job here picking up Charles Cross pair him alongside Andrew Thomas, the rest of that offensive line, and they've already got Derek Stingley two picks ago, going with Charles Cross. Yeah, makes total sense. He'll slide right in there at right tackle. He fits right with Evan Neal and, and Ike Iquanu. He's right there. He's not. It's not a tier below or anything. He's he's perfect starter at right tackle. And, and now I'm looking at the Falcons, and there's a lot of options, and I don't necessarily think that they thought that Trayvon Walker would be sitting there. So I'm going to go ahead and give them Trayvon Walker and give them that edge guy that they've been lacking for quite a long time. Of that. I think, I think you got to pull the trigger there. The ceiling is just unbelievable. Potentially the highest ceiling of any player in the draft. Um, just his, his traits are insane. Absolutely insane. I don't know if you saw his like RAS scores, like his physical profile. I think he would have been like in the upper echelon of like, running backs and even wide receivers. Um, yeah, he would have been a good wide receiver according to the RS score, which is unreal. It's just mind-bending. It's absolutely incredible. Okay, so here we are, the Seahawks. And I'm 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 doing this live. Like if I advertise something live, that's live. So I don't know, I haven't planned what I'm going to do, but you know what's who's fallen into my lap here as I'm looking at the board. They could go so many different ways. Um and I'm a huge I'm not I'm not going to go quarterback. I think they have a lot of other holes they need to fill in. And I think, you know, sim similar how you passed on a quarterback for the Falcons where they could potentially use one. I just think if it's me, I'm not going to necessarily invest in this class unless I'm absolutely in love with one of them. And I could see falling in love with the traits of Malik Willis. But when you got a bunch of other holes to fill, why not fill them this year and, and hope next year where it's considered to be a better quarterback class than consider addressing it Um by way of the draft, I'm going to go ahead and take Kyle Hamilton. I think, you know, the Legion of Boom, the, the history of the safety position in Seattle is as 
impressive as it gets for any franchise. And he's such a unique player. And in terms of pure football players, he's got to be one of the right near the top of your list. And I think getting Kyle Hamilton towards the bottom of the top 10 is a great selection for the Seahawks. Yeah, that makes total sense. Kyle Hamilton is my number two player in this class, and he's a free-roaming safety. He's going to bring back that Legion of Boom. Like you said, it's it's a perfect fit in Seattle. And Natalie, about Kyle Hamilton, I mean, so, you know, I, I don't have his score in front of me. I think it was like a four or five, four, high four fives, right, his 40 time. Um, do you, like, put any stock in that? Because you throw on the tape, and that guy can close. His game speed looks fantastic, and his instincts are also fantastic. No, I don't put any stock into his 40 time. Like like you said on the tape, it looks like he runs a 4-3. Like I'm I'm really not concerned about it at all. 40 times are just kind of for show sometimes. Agreed. Some positions more important than others for sure. And one thing I just want to say I've noticed here is like if you look at these little tiers I've made of, of the players at each position that you can see on your screen here, um, those who I think are first round quality potential or like have a realistic shot of being drafted. Um there's a ton of receivers. There's a shit ton of receivers there compared to the other positions. And we don't have a receiver off the board in the top 10. So I don't know if that's going to change now or not. I'm curious to see, Natalie. What are you going to do for Joe Douglas and the New York Jets here? Man, I, I think they do want a receiver, but there's some value sitting on the board that I think they have to take for their defense. And that's Jermaine Johnson, the second. Love it. Love it. I I love Jermaine Johnson. Um, I think he's fantastic. I think he's... I think that's a great selection. Get him at 10. Pair him with Sauce Gardner. Oh, my goodness. That's dirty. Jets fans should be ecstatic uh, with what Natalie's done for you here because I love that. Yeah, his his arm length and his his pass rushing skills, I think he's right there with Trayvon Walker and Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson. I think after that, you might get a tier below, but Jermaine Johnson, he could go in the top five too, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. No, 100%. And, you know, everyone just talks about the ability to rush the passer. Jermaine Johnson proved to be more than adequate, um, you know, ACC player of the year coming over, transferring out of Georgia because he needed to get on the field. But he's also just a great football player. Like, the dude can stuff the run also. Like, he's just a tough football player. And I love everything about Jermaine Johnson. And I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up being the best edge rusher out of this class. Um, Okay, here – here we go. Uh, let's see. Do we go quarterback for the Commanders? I think now. I think now is a good time to take Garrett Wilson. Um, not to say it's a surefire thing by any means. He's not actually my number one receiver, so maybe I'm being contradictory. Um, but it could like the the top three receivers, top four guys. You could. It's kind of pick your poison. What's your preference? And I'm going to go ahead and add a receiver there, especially, you know, there's been some word about McLaurin wanting a new deal. I, I think they're going to prioritize him and get him that new deal um, before his rookie contract expires. But regardless, they need another weapon in there. And I know they, they could use a quarterback, but I already mentioned how I feel about this quarterback class. I don't think I'm alone in that. So I think getting what is arguably the best receiver in the draft here is a solid coup for them. Yeah, I, I love I love Garrett Wilson. He's my wide receiver one. I think they love the Ohio State wide receivers. Ron Rivera was out there at Ohio State, and he was shaking everybody's hand. It looked like he's really into Garrett Wilson. I can see why. He reminds me a lot of Jeremy Macklin coming out of Mizzou. I like getting a different comp because everyone's throwing out uh, Stefan Diggs, but I like I like Macklin. Sounds like a more like realistic. You, th- you start throwing out Stefan Diggs, you're kind of putting unfair unfair uh, burden on the on the young player. I don't know. So I like to hear something like that. Jeremy Macklin's a good one. I haven't heard that. 
Sure. Um, the the Vikings, they have a couple of needs they could go for. I, I think they would like a wide receiver here. That would make sense. But I'm going to give them a player that I'm a little higher on than other people, I think. And that's Trent McDuffie. I think he's a really good technical cornerback who brings a ton of physicality in the secondary. And I think he can be a cornerback one day one. I like it. I like it a lot. I wish, you know, I don't wish, but uh, I was thinking maybe we would disagree with our picks, but so far we seem to be pretty well aligned, at least in the sense that I love Trent McDuffie. I think he's a hell of a player. Uh, as you mentioned, like he can support the run. He's so natural and smooth. He's not the biggest corner, but um, he, he would be a great selection for the Vikings. You know, maybe they had hoped Stingley or someone was going to be there. I don't think that's realistic as we get closer to the draft going ahead and making sure you get one of those top three corners because he's absolutely the third best corner on my board as well. Uh, I think that's a great decision for the Vikings. Now the Cleveland Browns, they're, they're another team that I think need to add a receiver to pair alongside Amari Cooper, give Deshaun Watson some more weapons. Um, but there's, an, there's you know, lots of areas they could go. I mean, we don't know what's going on with Clowney. Their offensive line's pretty set. Their running backs are obviously fantastic. Um, but I am going to... Go ahead, and I'm going to select Traylon Burks. Now, some I don't know where you stand on Traylon Burks, Natalie, uh, but I like his like uniqueness, his versatility as a receiver. I mean, they did a great job finding different ways to get him the ball at Arkansas, jet sweeps, whatever it was, hitch passes. He could take those to the house. He could beat you vertically. And I think he'd be a nice compliment to Amari Cooper. And I think right there, you know, having Traylon Burks and Amari Cooper, all of a sudden um, you've given Deshaun Watson a better wide receiver corpse than any he's had previous, uh, despite playing with with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, So, yeah, that's my rationale there. Yeah, Burks is a solid player. I think you can use him in a lot of different ways. Um, I'm not as high as on him as maybe everybody else's. I think his game speed is a little slow for me to be that high, but I do think he is a good fit for the Browns. And I think he kind of replaces a little bit what Jarvis Landry is leaving behind. Cool. And we haven't had an interior defensive lineman go yet either, right? All this talk of Jordan Davis, like arguably the most impressive combine performance for any position. Um, And of course that's a slim position, interior defensive line. So maybe this is falling nicely for the Buccaneers, but again, it's still early. We're just at the 15th pick just to kind of have a look here. I just want to notice some trends from how we've done this. No inside linebackers have been selected. That's not super shocking, but uh, a couple good ones on the board. I know you have some thoughts on Quay Walker. I can't wait to hear you talk about him, whether he gets drafted in the first round or not. Um, And of course, no running backs and no quarterbacks yet either. So just a little update. For anyone who's following along at home. Um, so you're up, you're on the clock now with the Ravens. What you gonna do, Natalie? I, I know you mentioned Jordan Davis, and this would be a really good spot for him, but I think the Ravens want to protect Lamar Jackson and that big contract he's about to get. So I'm gonna go ahead and give them Trevor Penning. Do you like Penning? Like what what is your stance on him? Obviously, he's a mean dude. I think he could use some refinement in certain areas, but he certainly got that nasty mentality and that big, strong body that uh, NFL coaches think that they can certainly mold into being that top tier, you know, plug and play left tackle or at least long term left tackle. He wouldn't like what do you what are your thoughts on Penning? 
yeah, like you said, he's a big, nasty dude. He fits the physical profile of what you want in a tackle. The tape is, it's concerning. I don't think a lot of the times he really knows what he's doing. And he'll just kind of throw people around, which is okay at times. And sometimes you'll get your quarterback hit. And I think they're going to have to work with him. And I think this is the correct coaching staff to do that. And he reminds me a lot of Garrett Bowles coming out. And I think he needs a lot of development. Cool. Cool. Um let me just quickly summarize our first 15 picks again for anyone who's listening and isn't looking at the graphic we have in front of us. Excuse me. Um, Aiden Hutchinson went one to the Jags. Lions took Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, Iki Aquanu to the Texans. And then we have Sauce Gardner to the Jets. Derek Stingley then went to the Giants. Evan Neal to the Carolina Panthers. Charles Cross to the Giants um, with their second pick in the first round. Trayvon Walker to the Falcons. Kyle Hamilton to the Seahawks, Jermaine Johnson to the Jets. And I can't stop looking at Sauce Gardner and Jermaine Johnson for the Jets in the first 10 picks. Um, that's fantastic for them. Uh, Garrett Wilson, first receiver off the board to the Washington Commanders. Trent McDuffie to the Vikings. Traylon Burks to the Cleveland Browns. And Trevor Penning just went to the Baltimore Ravens. And uh, now the Philadelphia Eagles, they've been a fun team to just kind of discuss. I feel like they have been rumored to be interested in every single prospect at every position. Eagles fans are outspoken. The Twitter sphere and draft communities equally as as vo comfortable voicing their opinions on the many ways the Eagles could go. They sin since swapped one of those picks um, and, and gave it to the Saints. So they only have two now, but they still have a couple areas to fill. Um, and I think, I think a player like... See, I'm, I'm literally doing this live, and I'm looking at Jordan Davis or Devontae Wyatt, even though I know Javon Hargrave is, and they've re-signed Fletcher Cox, but Fletcher Cox just signed a one-year, if I'm not mistaken. So I know they're going to want to to harness that position for the future, and I know that they value the importance of having a stout interior defensive line. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take Jordan Davis. It seems redundant, maybe, but I think they're looking ahead. And I think based on the fact that, you know, they're going to be able to give some breathers to those big fellas between Jordan Davis, um, the aforementioned Hargraves, and of course, Fletcher Cox, who's getting up there in age. That's just a disgusting trio of guys who you can rotate and keep fresh. And because you're able to do that, you're then able to actually utilize Jordan Davis because the big question about him is, can he stay on the field long enough? So that's kind of my logic there. Um, and I, th I think if they were to try to wait till their next pick, uh, I, I don't think he would be there necessarily. So. Jordan Davis with the Eagles' first pick in the first round. I, I love that. That's a mean. That's a mean rotation. I, yeah. I don't know that he'll be there in the real life draft, and I know they like Devonte White, so I think you're onto something with the interior defensive line. And you're right; they build that way. Jordan Davis dropping to them. I think the Eagles fans would cheer all the way to the selection. So for the Saints, I regrettably have to pick. Right now. Um, but they're in a good position because there are a lot of players still on the board. And I think they traded up here for a reason to get ahead of the Chargers for a tackle. But maybe the tackle that they like is gone in pinning. So they're looking at the board and they're saying, OK, well, let's go get the best wide receiver in the class in Jamison Williams. OK. Add some speed to compliment Michael Thomas, assuming Thomas will be back in the fold, which it seems to be the assumption he will be. I don't know. Um, I like it. I mean, a lot of people could see Jamison Williams going in the top 10, right? So just game-changing speed, which the NFL is in love with. 
And I mean, just looking at recent drafts, you know, how the players have gone. Henry Ruggs went before CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy. I didn't expect that. Um, there's lots of examples in recent years of just true speedsters going earlier than you think. So if he's there at 16, I'm with you. I don't know how much longer he would last than that. The Chargers, where might the Chargers go? I mean, they've done a fantastic job this offseason in terms of they brought over Khalil Mack. Um, they've they've added pieces all over. The, they, they got J.C. Jackson at the cornerback position. Daniel Jeremiah, who, who's the radio broadcaster um, for the Chargers and also one of the best in the, the draft media coverage realm. Um, he mentioned corner still for them, and they, they obviously drafted Asante Samuel last year kind of occupies that slot corner. They got JC Jackson. I don't know if that's where they're going to go here. Um, I'm actually, I think they, they might consider, in fact, I'm going to have them take Devonte Wyatt. I like Devonte Wyatt a lot. They, the chargers were so susceptible. They were disaster against the run. I'm, I'm looking closely at Devin Lloyd here and I maybe, you know what? I think I, I'm going to change it from Javante Wyatt. I'm going to backtrack. Can I do that, or has the pick already been submitted, Natalie? What do you think? You can... No, you're good. The commissioner will allow it, I think. Sweet. Okay, because I just kind of <laughs> talked myself into it, and I'm like, Devin Lloyd's special, and I'm thinking about that how the Chargers like to do things. They've had success with Derwin James when he's on the field, obviously playing at a different level of the field and the secondary, but you had another freak like Devin Lloyd. You've just got guys at all three levels. And he's going to help them in that run game. He's going to help them even in the pass game for a linebacker. He's got all the intangibles. Lots of comparisons to Darius Leonard, which, golly, that is a complimentary comparison to have made. Um, so, yes, Devin Lloyd with conviction this time. That makes sense. He'll fit right in next to Kenneth Murray. They're going to have a dynamic secondary and linebacker squad that can do a lot of different things in different formations. Maybe maybe a bit much draft capital spent between Kenneth Murray and him at, at that you know, linebacker position, but uh, they, they're ready to win now. And I don't think they're going to, they're going to think too hard about that sort of thing. No, it makes sense. He'll start right away too. Um, I'm going to pick for the saints again. <laughs> um, they're looking <laughs> dead at the face of the Steelers and they know they like a certain Liberty quarterback. And I don't think the saints have the quarterback of the future. So I think, Hey, they see Malik Willis here. They have a year to, um, to sort of build him up. I think Malik Willis would be a pick if he lasted this long. Yeah, I mean, we're talking eight, we're 18. I think one time in the last like 21 years, a quarterback has not been selected in the top 10. That was uh, the year that EJ Manuel was drafted by the Bills, I believe. Um, but it makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, chances are Malik Willis will be off the board by now for some team that wants him. Someone's going to fall in love with it. He's got such a tantalizing physical profile for the position. Tougher eval, easier to excuse, like, any issues because you're like, oh, well, he's playing at Liberty. He's playing with players from Liberty. It's just a bit more of a challenging eval based on the quality of competition. And I'm not to say that's to assume like he should be dominant. No, like it just means you can't quite get as accurate of a read. And I think those traits are just going to be too much for some GM of some quarterback needy team. Ideally, in a situation like the Saints have where Malik Willis wouldn't even have to start right away, that's going to benefit him as a player in his development, too. So. Um, my little tidbit on Willis is that I think the Steelers will trade up for him like into the top 10. Yeah. I think, I think that's, I'm all over that too. Like, I think that's the read for sure. All, all speculation, like Tomlin and him getting chummy, like mm -hmm. just, they have such a huge need there at that position. It's unbelievable too. Right. Like 
and the Steelers feel like they're built to win now still, like maybe slightly delusional, but um, I think that's how they feel. Tomlin's not about rebuilding seasons, so he wants to get that position sorted out. They don't want to just sit around and wait. So I like that. I, I, I totally agree with you there. I'm going to go ahead now and take Drake London for the Eagles. And I'm settling on Drake London, not only because I like the player, but I'm settling on Drake London for the Eagles because I think he's just a lovely compliment to Devontae Smith. Like, I just think those two could play together so well. Um, Drake London speed may be a bit of a concern to some. He's got the size. He's, he's the youngest of these receivers. And um, his upside is extremely high. He is a beast. He has great hands. And he finds ways to make positive plays for his team. And I think I think Drake London's best days as a football player could be in the NFL. He, he does give me Mike Evans vibes. He's not as fast as Mike Evans. And I know that's that's a lot for any Bucks fans listening. I'm not saying he's going to be Mike Evans. But he does give me some of those vibes and just his uniqueness at his size and how he moves at his size. Yeah, I, I love Drake London. I think the Mike Evans comparison is, is pretty close. I think it's kind of hard to to portray how he plays wide receiver. It is like a basketball player positioned out wide, out jumping everybody and just running through people. Like if Antonio Gates was a wide receiver, that's what it would be the comparison for me. It's his skill set is insane. And I think he goes a lot earlier than this and it's perfect for the Eagles. Just complimenting Devonte Smith with that. I, I agree with you. Sweet. And just for anyone who's just joined us, um, if you're watching live, uh, we've got Natalie Miller, uh, from the draft wire of USA Today. And we're just going back and forth, alternating picks in a first-round mock draft. So um, Drake Drake London just went to the Eagles. Natalie is on the clock for the Steelers. She just sniped Malik Willis from herself um, to the Saints. What are you going to do now, Natalie? What's the plan here? If, if only the Steelers knew a quarterback somewhere in their state that they could go take a look at and maybe put him into the starting role. Yeah, it's... I think it'd be Kenny Pickett if it felt out this way. I think Kenny Pickett makes perfect sense for the Steelers. Yeah, I can't hate on that. They certainly got their eyes on him. And Pickett's good, man. Like, I know, like, everyone shits on this quarterback class so much, and, like, maybe with good reason. But at the same time, doesn't mean it's it's automatic that none of these guys are going to make it or end up being quality starters in the league. And I think despite his historically uh, small hands, I think – I think he was able, like, sure, fumbling issues, whatever. Kenny Pickett can sling the rock, and he can make his reads, and he seems to still be getting better. So don't yeah, hate I, it one bit. I, I don't like when people say, oh, he made the jump after one year. The quarterbacks are supposed to make that jump, you know. That means they're developing. That means they're doing the right things. And Kenny Pickett, like you said, he can sling the rock, and he's going to develop into a good quarterback. Absolutely. I'm with that. Okay, so here we are. Uh, we got the Patriots. Patriots on the clock at 21. Definitely a hard team to predict. I'm going to have, I'm going to go ahead and take Chris Olave here. And I'm a big Chris Olave fan. I love his game. Um, I think he's been a little bit slept on, kind of lost in the shuffle because, of course, it's a strong receiver class, especially at the top. Um, and I think people are kind of just sick of Olave because they've seen him do it for so long. But if sometimes the tape speaks and I just love his ability to be a deep threat. I think he's a super pristine route runner. I think he's got good hands and I think he just has that feel for the position and the Patriots just consistently have swung and missed 
on wide receivers. And I don't think Bill Belichick or anyone in that front office is going to use that as a reason to not try again. I think it's so obvious Mac Jones needs weapons at the receiver position. You don't go ahead and spend that kind of money on two tight ends and um, make the investments they did last offseason. I think they got to get a receiver, and I'm going Chris Olave out of Ohio State here. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think Olave is a good Patriot player. He's really good and refined in his route running, and he's super-duper fast. Like, I don't think they've had that speed since Randy Moss left. Yeah, and like I see it, it, just in terms of his route running, his ability to get open, like when you watched him, like he was always so open. Like he was a quarterback's best friend. And it almost reminds me of Keenan Allen. I know he's way faster and way more of like a deep threat because of his speed, but just the way he is able to manipulate defenders and corners and just find ways to create a cushion that shouldn't exist is always just really impressed me. And I think guys who can do that are going to continue to be able to do that at, at the next level as well, for the most part. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, the Packers, I, I think their biggest and obvious need is wide receiver. They might draft five of them, but um, for this one, I think I'm going to go ahead a little off the rail here and I'm going to give them Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. I there we go. And I have I have him on here, Natalie. You, I hope you're proud of me. I, okay. I my goal was it's got it that you wouldn't go off the board and make me look bad. So lots of buzz about Tyler Smith and a lot of teams being very fond of him. You're seeing the same thing? Yeah, he is a he is a complete powerhouse. He is mean as hell. He like every play that I watched of him on tape, he was throwing somebody on the floor. His his left tackle tape is a little messy. Like he will get burnt by speed rushers. So Packers will probably plug him in at right tackle. And if he fails there, you can just switch him to guard. He can play like three different positions. So you're good on that one. And he, and he's gonna be one of the youngest players in the draft too, right? So you got lots mm -hmm. to work with there. Um, I like it. I like it. Tyler Smith. Okay, so the Cardinals. Cardinals could go a number of different ways. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to scoop Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson. Um, the top three corners went early. I like Booth a lot still. I mean, as a Bucks guy, I would have loved for him to slip to the Bucks, And if he did, I don't think I'd have been able to pass him up. I mean, they obviously need help at the edge rusher, losing Chan position, losing Chandler Jones. Uh, but I think Andrew Booth at 23 is really, really great value at a premium position. And I think he'd add a lot to their secondary. Yeah, I like Andrew Booth. I think he can start and I think he's a high ceiling cornerback too. I think he's very experienced. He's very technically sound and he'll, you can leave him on an island. It's not like you need a safety over top. So you can be very versatile with how you use your safeties and what coverage you want him in. So for the Cowboys, I think if this plays out this way, I think they're going to run Zion Johnson, the card up there. Like, just go ahead and give him that guard center who can plug in at right tackle if you need him to. I think that's that's the way to go here. Your, is he your top guard, top interior guy? Mm, Are you a Kenyon Green? Green? Is it between him and Kenyon Green? I would take Zion just because he's a little more versatile. And I think he could play center, and I think he could play right tackle. He's just so solid too. Like yeah. he's just the definition of consistency, you know, like he's going to, he is the definition of a plug and play player. Zion Johnson at that guard position, I think. Okay. The bills, the bills, what are the bills going to do? Um, you know what, as I'm looking at the board and how things are unfolding, I mean, I know Brandon Bean loves his defensive line, but he obviously brought over Von Miller, re-signed some guys along the interior and I think 
I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to take Brees Hall for them. Um, you know, the the common opinion of a running back in the first round being an outdated practice, that's all fair, all well and good. But sometimes a team is just at that point of their ascension in the league, like the, like I believe the Bills are, where they just need a playmaker in the backfield. It's going to allow them to protect Josh Allen and not depend on him as their best rusher. Um, you know, Singletary, Zach Moss, like those are guys they invested, I think, second or third round picks on um, in previous years. And neither of them have moved the needle enough. Like they don't even know which one they like more. And I just think once you bring Brees Hall into the mix, he just adds a dynamic element to that offense that becomes a little bit scary. Well, scarier, I should say, because I think the Bills are just the team to beat, at least on paper, coming into this season. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Um, they obviously aren't great fans of who they have at running back, and and uh, Hall can do a lot of different things. He's ready to go right away. I think the things with him not catching the ball, I don't think that's really a concern. He looked pretty smooth doing it when he did do it at Iowa State, and he was an engine of that offense. I think adding him with Josh Allen is just kind of unfair. I want to ask you, one player, speaking of the running back position, and I, I certainly don't think he's going to go in this first round, but I'm curious your thoughts on Kenneth Walker. I feel like he's just not being talked about at all, and I don't know if that's a result of people just kind of being like, oh, running backs, we'll figure that out once they're drafted. There's no need to talk about him now. Um, or do you think he's legit getting slept on? Like, what are your what's your projection for him? If you, What do you think? I think he's right there with, with Brees Hall. I think it's between those two players. I don't... I don't think there's a separation between those two. Like Kenneth Walker is better, a little better at catching the football. He's a little more patient and smooth and kind of springy in his running style. Whereas Reese Hall will make the one cut and go and make you pay. I think they're really close. Yeah. I think Kenneth Walker is not being talked about enough. I think he's legit. Totally agree. A um, couple names, you know, still on the board, Karloftis in terms of edge rushers. So those, Top four guys, Hutchison, Walker, Thibodeau, and Jermaine Johnson went off quick. But you got Karloftis sitting there. Unfortunately, with the unfortunate David Ajabo injury, he's sitting there. Um, some really talented safeties, Nakobe Dean and Quay Walker at the linebacker position. Um, what are you going to do for the Titans here, Natalie? What are you thinking? Man, it'd be tough not to go wide receiver with all this AJ Brown stuff going on. And and I really didn't want to do the thing, like you said pick a guy that's not on the board but there is one guy i'm looking at and i think fits the titans offense pretty perfectly and that's sean Ryan out of ucla mm. he's a, a right tackle guard hybrid that i think would work perfect i like it i like it dang you got me well done <laughs> i thought about it too and i went raymond over him there in that spot so well done raymond was tempting too i think raymond would also fit that slot i just i just like raihan's um guard potential a little more if it was strictly a tackle need it would have been raymond but since they have needs at both guard and tackle he's very flexible in that position yeah and they did a good job bringing back their center i forget his name um but they they certainly need help along that that offensive line so and as a buccaneers fan i'm loving this because um oh and sorry and you went raihan over kenyon green too so I that's sure interesting. did. Is it, do you want to elaborate on why is it because you, you see more versatility in Raihan? It is the flexibility, I think. And, and I think um, Raihan's a little more technically sound in the run game. Green is very like a mauler for sure. Like he would fit that just pounding the rock kind of deal. But with Raihan, you get more 
movement in his game and that versatility to play tackles, I think, better than Green's tackle play that I saw on tape anyway. Yeah, fair. Well explained. Uh, and still, folks, one quarterback off the board through the first 26 picks. So uh, that's how we sat, or at least how it's folding if we're, if we're GM and for these teams. Okay, I'm going to go and sprint the card in for Devontae Wyatt. I think the the player, the quality of player and the level of need at the position is just too much to ignore. And I don't think you're reaching one way or the other, whether it's for the player or the position. I think it's a very shallow draft, at least in, in this top tier um, not to say there aren't some really good interior guys like who you can have later, you know, Travis Jones I have on this list, Logan Hall, Perion Winfrey, et cetera. But Devontae Wyatt at 27 is such a nice pairing, as I've said before, alongside Vita Vea. I think Wyatt has a lot of potential as a pass rusher on the interior as well as being solid against the run. He's not the perfect prospect, um, but I think he could come in and be super effective, part of a rotation there alongside William Golston and hopefully even Adamic and Sue. And if they're going to bring back Sue, great. That doesn't change this pick for me. Um, and if they aren't able to bring back Adamic and Sue, then it becomes that much more of a valuable selection for the Bucks. Yeah, makes total sense. I think you're right. They would they would definitely sprint that card out. Wyatt is a definite freak on the inside. He's a great pass rusher. He, he would be perfect next to Vita Vea. The two names I've heard connected to the most to the Buccaneers recently have been the uh, Perion Winfrey and Travis Jones. So I think you're going in the right direction. Yeah, I mocked. Um, I mock. I've had Travis Jones going there in a mock in my own mocks, like Buck seven round mock drafts for over a month now, and that was more because I didn't expect Devontae Wyatt to be around here. And sure. I just, you know, but uh, Perion Winfrey, like. You know, do you think he'd be there at 60? Like, let's say I went ahead and took a Daxton Halo player I'm absolutely in love with, um, which who wouldn't necessarily fit an immediate need for the Buccaneers. I just love the player Daxton Hill. Um, let's say I did that. What do you think, like, are the chances that um, Perion Winfrey would be there at 60? Do you think there's a good chance, 50-50? Close to zero, I think. Yeah. I think teams are a lot higher on Winfrey than the media is. I think he has a really good shot of going in the first round or early second. Yeah, and, and that that's like an ideal, like a guy who has tons of pass rush ability from the interior, right? So again, who would be a great compliment to Vita Vea? Super good insight there. Thank you, Natalie. So for the Packers, they obviously forewent the receiver, but I'm not going to do that to them this time. Uh, they're going to get a good X receiver, one of my favorite receivers in the class, and that is George Pickens out of Georgia. Love it. I'm a Pickens guy through and through. I got him on this board with confidence and him going in the first makes me happy because he deserves to go in the first. And I think teams are going to be smart enough to take him here where they know they can get him, you know, or or maybe he's that guy who's like someone trades up and takes him first pick in the second round because George Pickens is so legit. If he was fully healthy this past year, we could be talking about him as I honestly believe potentially the number one receiver taken. Yeah, I think in a couple of years, you're going to look back on it and you're going to say, how the hell was George Pickens this late? I mean, it's because of the injury. And if I'm being realistic with it, I, I would do think Dotson would go here instead of Pickens. But like like yourself, I love George Pickens. I want to get him in the first round as much as possible. Yeah. Slim Pickens. Okay, so Kansas City Chiefs, first of two in a row here. Um, I, I just talked about um, I should have a have a little look at the board here. Um, but I think part of the reason I am so infatuated with Daxton Hill is his versatility. Um, 
Dude played more more snaps playing that nickel slot corner position last year than he did safety. He legit has all the physical tools to be a corner if you really wanted him to. Tyron Matthews out of the building. Um, I know they brought over Reed, but I just think that's a position that Andy Reed and that coaching staff prioritizes. And I think Daxon Hill is just, I hate to like use this played out cliche term, but he's such a Swiss army knife. He's got the instincts, the movement skills, just the, the general feel for defense. He could play in any scheme. He's scheme proof. He just does it all. So I love Daxton Hill. And I think that's a steal for the chiefs. Yeah, makes total sense. He, he's he might be the best nickel corner in the draft is what I don't think people talk about enough. I know he's labeled as a safety, but I don't I wouldn't like hinge him to that, you know? Like he can roll down, play nickel, he can play in the box, he can play roaming free safety. He can do whatever you want. He he has versatility. Like you said, he's the ultimate Swiss army knife of this draft. Yeah, I'd love to see for Tampa. So, but and and what you said there about that nickel corner position, I mean, that's an important position. Like you need to draft someone to be that guy. It can't just be the your third best corner who wasn't good enough to win one of the starting outside jobs anymore. You know what I mean? Like kind of like what the Chargers have done with Asante Samuel, maybe someone who's slightly undersized. I mean, not an issue in Daxton Hill's case, but it's a position I think we're we're seeing teams start to prioritize. Yeah, definitely. It makes makes total sense for them and, and the versatility is key. Uh, for the Chiefs' second pick, I, I really don't want to disrespect Jahan Dotson again because I do think he'll go before this player. But Christian Watson's sitting right there, and he's, what, 6'4", runs a 4'3". It's ridiculous what he can do. His RAS score was off the charts. And, and just imagining Patrick Mahomes going off a bootleg and shooting a bomb at a 6'4", wide receiver from... <laughs> I, I don't even, he's from North Dakota state. Like that's awesome to me. I love Christian Watson. Uh, he's a French first round pick and I think he could go here. I do have Jahan Jahan Dotson rated higher, but this is a good pick. <laughs> yeah. He's so interesting. Christian Watson and Sky Moore. I have their names together here in my wide receiver group, totally different players, but just e- either of them could go in the both of them could go in the first round depending mm-hmm. on like you know i'm super curious to see where those guys go Jahan dotson like the the amount of quality like legit first round talent at the receiver position is impressive like this run has happened you know maybe not as soon as we expected but um it's happening those names are getting crossed out right here on the right side of the screen as you see so uh really curious to see how that works on actual draft night um the Bengals the Bengals I could go Linderbaum I could go Kenyon Green um I could address the secondary take someone like a Lewis Seen or a Jaquan Brisker Kyrie Elam or Kyler Gordon like there's other corners in play too but I'm gonna go ahead and I'm actually gonna take Kenyon Green I think a ton of people Linderbaum has been the trendy pick here um but his he's a center like that's what he's got to be and I don't know Like they brought back their center, I believe they've already addressed the line. I think Kenyon Green makes sense, and I think it's a steal at 31. I mean, based on the talent, his upside is is tremendous for an interior offensive lineman. He's the second one off the board, depending on how you view Tyler Smith, um, who was taken. So Kenyon Green to the Bengals. Yeah, Operation Protect Joe Burrow is in action. They definitely need to hit on these offensive linemen because you don't want your quarterback going down in a game like that. He is the Bengals, and they need to protect him. For sure. Um, and the only other guy, like you see I have one tight end up here, Trey McBride, because he could go in the first. And if he were to go in the first, I think it would be the Bengals here. Um, 
potentially trying to like make sure they have someone there. Um, uh, after Uzama left in free agency, they brought over Hayden Hurst, but I think they're going to want a solid tight end. But I, I, I just don't see many team, any team reaching on McBride in the first because he might not even be the first or second on their board. Like that, that group is pretty close, that top five guys. And I know you've done work on the tight end class. Curious your thoughts on them as a group. Like, is that, is that a fair assessment? They're a really good group. I don't think they're talked about enough in this class. It's like one of the deepest positions. Like there's going to be five guys that go off between the second and third rounds. Um, if a tight end were to go in the first, I would probably say it would be Greg Dolchich just because of his like game breaking ability and he's better at the yards after the catch. But yeah, I think the tight end class is really, really solid. Trey McBride is my number one, but like I could convince somebody to take Dolchich in the first round. Yeah, and I'm hearing lots of buzz on Dolchich of late as well. Like, it seems like a lot of people have him higher than most of the media projected. Um, He's really good. He's really yeah, fun. Yeah, and I like like I like Ruckert. I know you wrote on Ruckert the other day. Um, I saw that, but I wasn't able to read it. But I like Ruckert in those, like, you think he's like a third rounder? Do you think he could even slide to the fourth? Like, I don't know if you have thoughts on where he might land or or what his projection is at the next level, but that's the type of guy I could see the Buccaneers investing in at some point because tight end is a need for them, whether they get Gronk back or not. I think they would need to take him in the second if he makes it down to them because I think he's one of the more refined tight ends that's just ready to go right now, and he's sort of like a, a Dalton Schultz tight end that can come in and and be a, a red zone weapon and gain those first down yards. And, and he's a mean blocker too. Like he's underrated as a blocker. I think he'll go in the second round or early third. There we go. Okay. So that's really good insight again to get from Natalie. Um, and yeah, the Bucks, like the Bucks aren't going to take a guy they don't think can block. And I think McBride has a potential to block, maybe not quite as proven there as a guy like Ruckert, uh, but a little more proven as a pass catcher. So dang, like I could talk about the tight end class with you all day. I love how you've done such deep work on them. So here we are. Last pick in the first round belongs to Natalie Miller uh, of DraftWire. And before you make the pick, like, let's just have a gander here at the names that maybe people would be surprised are alive still or are on the board. I mean, Karloftis, I've, I've, my previous mock had him slipping out of the first. So that's not crazy. Kyrie Elam, Kyler Gordon, those are fringe first rounders. Linderbaum, it's kind of surprising just based on how good he is as a center. But I think, unfortunately, for Linderbaum, it's it's almost a little bit niche because you want to play him at center. You don't want to try and move this guy to guard, right? Like, that's where he's going to be best. So I, I think unless it's a team with a strong need at that position who's willing to spend a first-round investment on a center, I could see him legitimately slipping out. And then you got Jahan Dotson and, you know, a couple quarterbacks all slipping out and N'Kobe Dean and Quay Walker. So sorry to throw a lot of names all at once. I'm just kind of reading through it here and trying to to soak in the names that have, have managed to make it to day two of the NFL draft. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's, it's bound to happen, right? There's only 32 guys. And the, the heat of this class is in sort of the early first to or the late first, middle of the second round. Like there's no top end guys, but teams are like, they want to move back. Every team in the draft wants to move back except the Saints because all of that value is in that early to mid second round where they can really kind of bolster up your roster. There's a ton of starters in the second round just sitting out there. Like like you said on the screen, there's there's plenty of guys that could you could totally take in the first round and nobody would bat an eye. Like Nicobe Dean and Raymond and Dotson and, and Corral and Ritter are still there and the running backs are there. It, there's a ton of talent in that area. 
Yeah, and I mean, this is often a time when when teams might want to try and jump into the end of the first round so they get that fifth-year option on the rookie contract, which is only available to first-rounders. What are you going to do for Brad Holmes and the Detroit Lions here with their second pick in the first round and the last overall pick in the first round? So I've been kind of juggling it in my mind. I, I thought about wide receiver. They have a need there, but they, they kind of went and addressed that in the offseason. And I like uh, St. Brown. Uh, I thought about linebacker theme, but I kind of think he's too small. and He doesn't really fit the bill. Walker is interesting here. But, you know, I, I think the Lions see it and they say, well, our biggest problem is pass rush. And we took a pass rusher. Why not pair him with a guy? So why not give them um, George Karloftis? Yeah, I see that. I could see that for sure. And you know what? Karloftis is such a Lions guy. guy Like um, Dan Campbell guy specifically. You know, like guy who's all about chewing kneecaps and, and getting down and dirty. He wants the the grimy type of players. And Karloftis is just a hungry, will not be denied type of pass rusher. And he seems like the kind of guy who's just going to use falling to the end of the first as motivation because there were times, you know, early in the pre-draft process during the, the college football season where he, a lot of people saw him as a top 10 pick. Um, yeah, he's, so. he's a fierce pass rusher. He's fun to watch as a pass rusher. Like he just keeps going and going and going and he gets there quick too. Like there's, there's areas of concern as a run blocker because he gets moved around a little bit too much, but as a pass rusher, I don't, I don't think you're going to complain too much when he hits the field. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that concludes all 32 picks as painful as it might be for you, Natalie, I'm just going to rifle through them really quick for any of our listeners who aren't watching and can't see the screen. Um, picks one through 32, Aiden Hutchison to the Jags, Kayvon Thibodeau to the Lions, Iki Aquanu to the te- Texans, Ahmad Sauce Gardner to the Jets, Derek Stingley to the Giants, Evan Neal to the Panthers, Charles Cross to the Giants, Trayvon Walker to the Falcons, Kyle Hamilton to the Seahawks, Jermaine Johnson to the Jets, Garrett Wilson to the Commanders, Trent McDuffie to the Vikings. We're almost approaching the 15th pick. Traylon Burks to the Browns, Trevor Penning to the Ravens, Jordan Davis to the Eagles with their first pick in the first round, Jamison Williams to the Saints with their first pick of two in the first round, Devin Lloyd to the Chargers, help try and shore up that run defense, Malik Willis to the Saints, first quarterback off the board, lands in New Orleans, probably the fact they traded into the for an extra pick in the first round makes that very much conceivable if he were to still be on the board there, but um as Natalie told us earlier, chances are the Steelers will move up to get them maybe into the top 10. I am with that. I agree. Drake London to the Eagles. Kenny Pickett to the Steelers. Chris Olave to the Patriots at 21. Uh, Tyler Smith to the Packers. Andrew Booth Jr. to the Cardinals. Zion Johnson to the Cowboys. Brees Hall, the only running back taken in the first round, goes to the Bills. Sean Ryhan to the Titans. Devontae Wyatt slips to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Much to my pleasure. It was easy for me to run that card in. George Pickens uh, to the Packers. They finally take a receiver in the first round. Daxton Hill, one of my favorite players in the draft, goes to the Chiefs in their first of back-to-back picks, where they then take Christian Watson at a North Dakota State University. Kenyon Green slips all the way to the 31st pick, which is the Bengals' gain as they continue to add to their offensive line. And I wrote down Dan Campbell, but I meant to write George Karloftis um, for the Detroit Lions with their last pick, which Natalie gave them. So, there you have it, folks. I'll try and make that a little e- easier to read, and maybe I'll tweet it out um, just so everyone can see the actual picks in a couple picks. But, um, yeah, 
that's that's what we did there. Awesome job, Natalie. That was a lot of fun going through that kind of with whatever logic we wanted to use in order to make those selections on behalf of those teams. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun not to have to think, okay, what this source said that, this source said that, and have to go through their positions to figure out what they did and kind of go by the or fly by the by by your pants to figure out what you're doing here. For sure. So uh yeah, can't thank you enough for joining us. I uh, definitely took a bit more of your time than I had told you we would take. So again, it's super appreciative. Um, where can our listeners and whoever wants to check out your work, find your work, follow you and all the tremendous draft coverage you've been providing to the world? Sure. All my scouting reports are on the NFL draft wire via USA today. And you can always find me on Twitter at Nat underscore NFL draft. I post a lot of my takes there and I always share my scouting reports there as well. Love it. Love it. Don't be dumb. Follow Nat. She knows what she's talking about. So, um, yeah, thank you. I, I was going to, you know, maybe wrap it up with some, some Bucks talk, but realistically, we're right at an hour. So this is a perfect time to segue on out of here. Um, on behalf of myself and the Bucks Bander podcast, my co-hosts who aren't here, Bodan Yard, Scott Capron, shout out to you boys. Um, for everyone else, make sure you subscribe to the Bucks Banter YouTube channel, please. Helps us out a great deal. And make sure you check out my work at Bucks Game Day via Sports Illustrated. Uh, where tons of draft and Buccaneers coverage will be coming to you live over the next seven days. Thanks again to our featured guest this evening, Natalie Miller. Uh, God bless. Go Bucks. Have a great night. You too. We'll see you. Bye.